Hello and welcome to All Beings. Today's episode, as always, is brought to you by Jackson White, Attorneys at Law. And today I had the delight of speaking with Connor Monks. He is the newest administrator at Bandera Healthcare. He runs Fountain Hills Post-Acute Rehab Center. And he's doing a great job so far, and I've um, learned a lot about about what it takes to become an administrator and be an administrator, and I'm excited to share this with you. So hold on to your hats and glasses, folks. It's going to be fun. Connor Monks, how are you doing? Doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. Hey, why don't we start by just having you introduce yourself and tell us what it is that you do. So my name is Connor Monks. I'm the executive director here at Fountain Hills Post-Acute. And we took over the operation of this building on October 1st. So we're only a couple months in now, but it's been fantastic. I mean, we acquire a lot of these buildings, but this one's been unique in its own ways. But we're so excited to be out here in Fountain Hills. And when you say we, who's we? So Bandera Healthcare is a lot of our sister facilities that we may be affiliated with. And that's just within, it's an inside affiliated skilled nursing facility. So they may help with, I guess, some, some operations, whether it's our emails and IT support and things like that, but we're independently operated. Gotcha. And how many facilities does Bandera have? So it's, so Insign's the parent company and then Bandera is... The Arizona subsidiary, is that right? Kind of. It's really just Bandera Healthcare, but we're affiliated with Insign just for the other ones. So some may see it as a parent company, kind of makes it a little easier to understand. But yeah, for within Bandera Healthcare, I want to say that this makes us the 37th. Holy smokes. You guys are taking over Arizona, one skilled nursing facility at a time. So tell me, is there anything different about working out in Fountain Hills? Anything make it unique? Yeah, Fountain Hills, it's been unique in that the community here is so tight-knit. Everyone talks to everyone and they are truly there to support the seems the smaller businesses. They know everyone and they're going to spread that word to everyone that they know. And so we're doing our best to come in and put our best foot forward, knowing that we have one shot. We've got we've to have our reputation right the first time so we don't have to repair it later. Yeah, that's good thinking. And Fountain uh, Hills is beautiful. I always wondered I was, always wondered why the people who settled Phoenix didn't just settle it in Fountain Hills or even Prescott for that matter where it's not quite so hot. It's kind of a hidden gem in the valley. And so you said it's you, that Bandera acquired this facility. Who did you acquire it from? So it was acquired from Fountain View Village. I want to say that they are from Life Care Service. So it's not the Life Care Centers of America. I guess they get confused with being tied to them quite a bit. Mm-hmm. They specialize in assisted livings and independent livings. Gotcha. So we acquired from them. They thought they wanted to go into the skilled nursing field, but a couple months later decided it, it just wasn't for them. And so that's when we came into the picture. Nice. Have you always wanted to be an administrator? No, actually, I hadn't. My dad, he was in the healthcare field, this setting, and all growing up, I I don't know why, I just said, I don't want to do that. I want to make my own name, I want to do something unique. And all growing up, I told my friends, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. And now look at me now, it's <laughs> uh, as much as I tried fighting it, 
I found myself here and I'm happier than ever. Well, that's the kind of my story too. So was your dad an, admi an administrator? Yeah. So he was an administrator when he was 23. He did everything from skilled nursing to home health and hospice, medical supply, non-emergency medical transport. He just dabbled in everything healthcare. Wow. He kind of pioneered the industry then. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely did. And so he's still there to provide a lot of advice when I need it. Oh, that's great. And your brother works in the industry. Is anybody else in your family work in the industry? A couple sisters and things like that are nurses and still work within the industry, but not in, in this setting. Gotcha. So how you said your dad was 23 when he became an administrator. How old are you? I am 28. 28. And, ha and how many employees do you have? Now we have about, I think, 67 or almost to 70. When we acquired, there was only about 34. Okay. And of those 70 or so, is how many of them are older than you at 28 years old? I would old? say most are. Yeah. Does that, did that present any, I don't know, awkwardness, uncomfortability coming in and establishing yourself as a new boss of people that have perhaps been working there and are older than you? I mean, it can, if you approach it in a certain way, you could, but I'm confident in the way that I was trained and brought up and that I know that we are the professionals in this setting and that we know exactly how to make these not only successful for the patients and their families, but also successful outcomes for the community. Nice. What would you say that your management style is? What, how do you approach management? Approaching management. I'd probably say that I want to give someone the benefit of the doubt. I mean, growing up through my career, I may not have been given the opportunities as much as other people. I just want to say based on my age, but I was able to get in with someone that you know, I guess, pretty closely that he was willing to take a risk on me. And even though I didn't have experience, he gave me a shot. That's where I truly felt like he took that chance. And I want to give other people those chances. I mean, even though someone doesn't have experience, I want to give them that opportunity so that they can set up a wonderful lifestyle for them and their families. That's one of the wonderful things about that I've, at least as an outsider looking in about Bandera, they have a really strong culture, a tight knit culture of mentorship and people bringing other people up, lifting people up. How, how, how is that process like? How did that process unfold for you? What part of the process? I mean, like Just getting within Bandera? The training and I mean, the AIT process. Did you have any mentors that had a strong impact on you? Yeah, absolutely. So Carl over at Montecito, mm -hmm. she was the best mentor that I could have asked for. All of his principles that he teaches by goes back to the book, Good to Great, mm -hmm. and talking about the first who and then what. And I've seen this in his management style for many years, that if he sees someone that he has confidence in and that they have potential... He's going to hire them no matter even if he has a position for them yet. He says that if he doesn't have a position, he's going to make a position for them. Hmm. And I think probably where it, it started, that if I see someone has potential, I'm willing to take a chance on them and, and give them a shot. But yeah, he's definitely been a great mentor for me and my growth and journey throughout, throughout this process. Yeah, he's a great guy. That's good advice too. You know, good employees are hard to come by, particularly loyal employees, good mm -hmm. and loyal. 
You know, yeah. it's easy to find a great employee, but great employees, everybody's looking for them. So, you know, so it, someone's going to come along and swoop them up if they're not, if they're mm -hmm. not loyal as well. So how long have you been an administrator for? I've been licensed for a little over a year now, but just we were waiting until there was an until there was an opportunity available. They thought that I still needed to work on some areas. And so they kind of held me back until the timing was right. And so I interviewed for this building along with a handful of other administrators. And it just so happened that I was the one that they decided to pursue and take on this opportunity. That's awesome. And I, again, just as an outsider looking in, it's it, there's at least, I mean, there's, there, I know there's several parts to the job, but broadly speaking, there's patient care and then there's managing people and then there's making sure that you're profitable as well. So there's a lot of balls in the air, a lot to juggle. Uh, what would you say the hardest part of being an administrator is? The hardest part about being an administrator? That's a good question. I want to say it's probably the the commitment. It's not only a commitment for myself, but it's a commitment for my family. They know that even if I may be at a family dinner or out on a date night with my wife, or it doesn't matter where I'm at, I have to be available. If it doesn't matter if we're planning a family vacation, we're about to leave and uh, state surveyors show up, I've got to be there. I got to kind of tell my family we'll, we'll go at some point, but the building needs me now. Mm -hmm. And I think that's probably a hard thing to find in today's environment that people want to do it on their timetable when they're ready that i feel like it's just unique um that this job isn't like a normal nine to five where you're clocking out going home not paying attention to it until you show up the next morning i mean we're constantly in contact with patients and their families who have questions or trying to make sure that they are seeing the best possible outcome as possible yeah, I've noticed that just spending time with ad administrators, I've noticed, I mean, the phones never stop ringing. Have you had to miss any uh, important events or anything for yet? Nothing too important, but I'm just waiting for that time because I know it's just, it's a matter of time until it happens. And my family has been prepared. They know that it's part of the job, but we are, we're fully expecting that this is just, this is our life and we're happy to be in this stage. Yeah. Keep the nose to the grindstone and yeah. it'll pay off. So when you acquired the building, when Bandera acquired the building, the, it, it, I mean, there were many employees in there. Did you keep the employees or did you hire an all new staff? How did you go about that? So every staff member who was working here before we extended offers to our intentions are to keep all the staff. And I want to say probably 98% of them stayed. There was probably one or two that decided not to join us upon the acquisition. And that was just based on their own choice. But even most of the staff who've decided to still join us to this day, I mean, we haven't lost any that were part of us with us at acquisition. One of the nurses actually has been here, I want to say 18 or 19 years now. So wow. super, super seasoned, has been with this building for so long. She knows everyone here in the community. We've been lucky to... Is to she, retain is she your director of nursing she's not no she's done that role before and said she didn't want to take on that responsibility again but she's definitely a huge leader and part of our team and that's great and does she live in fountain hills she does it's probably really helpful to have some folks who live in fountain hills 
be on your team. It sounds like mm-hmm. that there's a lot of a small town mom and pop type of a vibe down there. Yeah. And it, it, I'm sure it's helpful to have nurses that are part of that community. You talk mm-hmm. and it was just unique, just trying to get the staff over here. And you talked about being able to retain a lot, but we've also hired on a ton. They were using mainly third-party companies to come in and staff the nursing side of things, which we know that's not the most ideal way to go about it. We want to make sure that there's a continuity of care so that the patients are having a relationship with those that are taking care of them. And so we've been making a huge push there to to get our own staff in here, people that we can have part of our family and enjoying the grind as much as we do. So you talked about the most challenging part of running a facility. What do you think are some of the problems that the industry at large is facing right now, the skilled nursing facility industry? I'd say that the industry is probably the one of the most scrutinized industries, and I guess They say that we're the second most liable industry for falls or I don't know what to regulations that we have to abide by second behind nuclear power plants. And so we have a lot that we're trying to do and going through the pandemic, it was, it seemed like everything was changing week by week. And even sometimes each day we were getting new regulations we had to abide by, but we're trying to do our best for the most unfortunate circumstances that people are in. They don't want to see their loved ones in these facilities. We get it. We don't want them to be struggling in here either. We're just doing our best to take care of them, uh, get them healthy as quick as we can, and hopefully get them back home and in a manner so that they don't ever have to come back to us. Yeah, that's a good philosophy. So let's talk a little bit about just the culture of your building and your interactions with the residents there. Do you have any favorites? Is, is it, it's got to be hard not to have a favorite resident. The culture is fantastic. I love it. I would say that there's some residents that we may see more than others. I mean, the ones that will come and enjoy sitting up next to the receptionist or hanging out at the nurse's station to, to talk with some of their nurses that they may particularly enjoy. But I wouldn't say that there's any favorite residents. Everyone's just unique in their own ways. Gotcha. What's the average length of stay for your residents there? So our average length of stay is between about 13 to about 17 days. So we're pretty quick turnaround, but we're just doing our best. As I said before, when they leave, we hope that we don't have to see them again. We don't want them to end up going home too soon that they end up back in the hospital. I know that it is a, an urgent thing that patients' families want them to, to get home. They don't want them here, which we understand. We just want to make sure that it's in a safe manner. Yeah. And will that change? I know you're working on getting licensed with Arizona long-term care system. So when that happens, will you have a wing dedicated to long-term care? Yeah, we definitely will. As you said before, we're we're waiting until that licensing comes in and then we'll have our long-term care residents or the patients that this is their home. They live here. And I think it'll be a little bit more unique at that time that we get to learn and grow with these people. I mean, I've been to other facilities that some of the patients have been there 15, 17 years, and I can't wait to mimic that here and make this other people's home. Yeah, I think that's when you'll start to have maybe some favoritism when you have people that are there for months and months, if not years and years. Yeah, I have those relationships with them. Yeah, that would be that'd be probably the highlight of the job for me. Have you had, and maybe not if the average stay is 13 days, but 
but I've heard some pretty endearing stories from administrators and their interactions with residents and patients. Is there, are there any that come to mind, any stories that come to mind for you where just, just kind of an endearing encounter? Especially with being so new into this building, we, we want to get to know our patients individually. We know that each of them are unique and each of them have a family that care about them so much. And so we try and make our, our rounds quite a bit. And I was helping the, the CNAs just pass out some of the lunch trays. And I stopped by this one man who also needed assistance eating. So I was able to spend a, a solid hour or so just chatting with him as as I fed him his lunch. And it was it was a pretty cool story, just a situation to be in that it doesn't matter what our role may be here, but that we're all here for the same purpose. And that's to take care of our, our patients. Yeah. That's, that's great. I, I can imagine walking in on your, on your first day, just thinking that, man, I have to manage all these people. I have to take care of all these patients. I have a lot of responsibilities. Do you ever feel a sense of just overwhelm or even just ineptitude? Just this is, this is just so much. Do you ever feel you're having those feelings? Yeah, absolutely. There's a, there's definitely those those normal feelings that I guess would come with any job yeah. of just I want to say second thoughts and what ifs that that come with the the normal patterns of stress. Yeah. But so what do you do to to deal with this? To deal with this, I I'm so lucky that I have partners that I can be 100% transparent with and letting them know like things that I may be struggling with. And they help me see kind of the, whether it's the good or bad that I'm doing or possibly offer advice and ways to critique what I'm doing so that I can become better. And that's what I love about Bandera is that we're all in it to uplift each other and see how we can not only make our building successful, but also our, our other buildings in the community. Now, you have a cluster model. Tell me about that. Tell me about how, how that works. So we have, it's about three or four buildings within a cluster. And then I think it's four clusters within a market. And so within the cluster, it's these buildings, the administrators meet weekly, talking about everything in culturally, clinically, and financially for what is happening in our buildings that week. It's very transparent, unlike you might see in any other organization, but they can see everything that, that we're spending on, how much we're spending on toilet paper. They get to see it. Mm-hmm. And if we're paying too much, they're they're getting after us for not going through our financials enough and, and being diligent to, to I guess, make our, our operations as successful as possible. That is a lot of scrutiny when you're being limited to single ply and not double. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so no, we... we- Treat our patients as well as we can with the nice stuff up here. There you go. Fountain Hills. You got to do, you have to in Fountain Hills. Yep. So you're in a profession of giving, really. I mean, that's what it comes down to. You're giving to residents. You're giving advice to your team. You're building people, lifting people up. But you can't give away what you don't have, as they say. Mm -hmm. So what do you do to keep your cup full? I really thrive off of hearing other people's successes and their stories, the reasons why they are here. Probably one of my favorite things to do is after the weekend as I'm hitting the floor and checking on staff is to ask them what they did this weekend and what what made it special for them. As hearing that um, 
whether it was a, a fun concert they went to or people that they got to spend time with when they weren't at work. That's what, what makes it for me. I don't like to only see what they're doing at, at work, but who are they outside of work? That's a, that's a really special time that, that I enjoy. Yeah. Like my, my cup going. And that that's good that you enjoy it. I, one of the books, I, I'm sure it's a, I'm sure it's a Bandera required reading, but they talk about four, four different points, uh, four different things that managers of people should take into consideration. And one of them is taking an interest in your employees not just, not just looking at them as cogs in a wheel, but you know, what are their lives like taking an interest in their lives? And, and, and that it kind of, it, it fosters a familial atmosphere that people want to be a part of. So mm -hmm. the, the fact that that keeps your cup full, that's wonderful because it's also keeping their cup full, I'm sure. Yes, absolutely. And as I get to see them out in the community, whether it's with their families or friends, it's, it's, it's nice that I get to know that they may already have a particular interest that they're having fun with, whether they're taking their dog to the dog park or out shopping with their daughter or whatever it may be that, yes, we may work in the same place, but we still care for them as if they're our own family. Yeah. Well, I know your time is valuable. Before we wrap up, is there anything that I didn't ask that perhaps I should have asked? I would probably say just what, what makes us unique here at Fountain Hills. I know that most skilled nursing facilities, I, I love them all. They're each unique in their own ways. But at Fountain Hills, we, we have 42 private rooms, which we normally don't see. If they do typically have a private room at, at other facilities, they may share a, a big shower room that they each get taken down to. But here we have each each room has its own showers and um, showers, closets. I mean, 42 private rooms is definitely unique in its own way, as well as some other semi-private rooms here in the facility. But we're constantly looking to see how we can not only keep it as being a premier skilled nursing facility, but uh, get that, have that label and have it stick with us. So we're doing renovations here in these next couple months that'll keep it up and running and being pristine. So we're, we're super excited for everything that's here in the future and, and what's going to be changing as, as we fill up. That's great. Well, Hey, I appreciate your time so much. It's been a delight talking to you and I've, I've learned a lot. So I, I'm excited to share this with my audience. I appreciate you. Oh, Connor. Perfect. Thank you so much, Tyler. I appreciate it. Alrighty. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Wellbeings Podcast. Tune in every Thursday to hear the latest episode. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. As always, thank you so much for listening.